When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 4.6 billion. The Earth forms. Cambrian. 542 million. Complex life explodes. Permian Triassic. 251 million. 90% of species die. Cretaceous tertiary. 65 million. Meteor kills the dinosaurs. 55 million. Primates appear. 2.3 million. Pleistocene. 200,000. Humans. 20,000. Agricultural. 250. Revolution. Industrial revolution. 60. Great acceleration. The Anthropocene. Welcome to Generation Anthropocene. I'm Leslie Chang. Superheroes hold a special place in our imagination. They accomplish superhuman feats, and they can respond to the ills of society in a way that we only wish we could. But in the course of their extraordinary adventures, have you ever stopped to consider what their environmental impact is? I mean, how much fuel does it take to run the Batmobile? What is the power source of Iron Man's suit? How much food does Flash need to eat to run at crazy super fast speeds? These are the types of questions no one has bothered to ask until our co-producer Miles Traer stepped in to save the day. You may remember that Miles is the man who several years ago brought us the geology of Game of Thrones. And yes, he is back with a brand new project the carbon footprints of superheroes. Miles, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And also here to discuss this groundbreaking work today is our producer, Mike Osborne. I feel like groundbreaking is an understatement. Thank you, Leslie. Good to be here. (laughs) All right. So, Miles, you know, I gave a small introduction to the project, but um, let's go back a little bit more. Introduce the project um, to our audience and also tell us where the genesis for this idea came from. I'll begin with the genesis of it, which was uh, I was sitting around with a a friend of mine who's a a comic book nerd and uh, unsurprisingly, and we were chatting about like very like our favorite characters who we really liked. And I'm a huge fan of Batman. Batman has always been my favorite character. And after this like long debate over whether or not Batman was actually like a good character, my friend basically said like, Miles, you're a hypocrite. And I was like, where did that come from? And he goes like, well, you're an environmentalist. Batman has to be terrible for the environment. And instead of laughing, I was like, I bet I could calculate that. And so that was like where the project began was that. I bet is I could he, find the answer to really? that. Yeah, is Batman really? Um, okay, so that's the genesis of this whole project. And then lay out the scope for us because you have spent two years on this. Yeah, what is this What thing? is this? So in short, I looked at nine superheroes and each of the nine superheroes had a super ability that reflected humanity's 
energy consumption habits in a particular way. Give so me an example, yeah. The Flash eats a lot of food. Our food has a carbon footprint. I wanted to know what The Flash's carbon footprint was because it's depressing to look at your own carbon footprint, but when you look at The Flash, it's hilarious. And so I wanted something that was reflective but not depressing. Same thing with Batman and the Batmobile. No one has a Batmobile. No one has flames shooting yet, out the back. Miles, yeah, yet, yet, yet. <laughs> no one has that, but we have cars. You know, and so there was a way of sort of making an analogy between our lives and superheroes. Yeah. So, so you, you chose nine superheroes, you said, from both DC and Marvel universes, right? I, I looked at nine superheroes from both the DC and Marvel universes. And I went through the comics, I went through movies, I went through everything I could find to try to figure out what their powers were and what the closest real-life analogy would be, and then calculated the carbon footprint of that superpower. All right, we'll get more into that in a minute, but essentially nine case studies. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's start with carbon footprint. Like, what is, I mean, I guess that's a term most people have heard, but um, maybe you can elaborate on what you found out about just that term, carbon footprint. It was a word that I was actually really surprised to learn isn't easy to define. The short answer is that it's a measure of all of the carbon or carbon equivalent, things like methane and things like that, that humans emit into the atmosphere as a result of their actions. That's sort of the technical definition. I think I kind of get that. I mean, it's basically like if I looked at all my behavior, the technology underneath my behavior, what I eat, what I consume... All that, all stuff. your materials. It's my individual contribution to, to global, global warming. warming. To global That's right. Warming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So you did that for these characters. I did that for nine superheroes. Okay. And so actually, I think the point of comparison that's really helpful is to talk about what an average human's carbon footprint is as well. And of course, that's really different if you live in the U.S. versus another country. But so like, for example, what is the average American's carbon footprint? The average American's carbon footprint is 44,092 pounds, give or take. Of carbon, of carbon dioxide equivalent. And what makes up those 44,000 pounds? What goes into it? There are a lot of different things. The primary draws, the primary drivers for that carbon footprint are electricity consumption. This is like, what do you use to power your computer, keep the lights on? And in most places, heat and cool your homes. A lot of that is electric. Other bit is is uh, gas, is gas or coal or what, you know, whatever it is that you're using to actually power your, your house. That's where a lot of it comes from. And then there's also transportation, you know, driving your car around your your diet has a big carbon footprint. Wow. So that's kind of a there are a lot of things that go into it. Yeah, you're right. It is depressing. OK, so <laughs> uh, so wait. OK, the nine characters. Can you name them off the top of your head? Yes. From D.C., we have Batman, The Flash, Oracle, Superman and Swamp Thing. And from the Marvel Universe, we have Iron Man, Jessica Jones, Spider-Man and Firebird. Some of these I know, some of these I don't. Some of these are really common, some of these are I, pretty obscure. I know, yeah, I only know, like, the most popular ones of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess, like, I want to get into how you, because I know that, like, this took two years somehow, <laughs> and so I-, I On and, and I, off, and not it, straight. Right, no, I get it, but, like, on the face of it, that means you've been down some rabbit holes. So- why don't we start with Batman? Like, how how did you go about researching Batman? You mentioned the Batmobile already, but let's, you know, what else? 
well, let's let's actually begin with the Batmobile because there's a rabbit hole there that's really important. There's so many rabbit holes. There's so many, <laughs> and so the Batmobile is is probably Batman's best known gadget, right? You know, it's the thing he drives around Gotham City. It's in all of the movies. It's supposed to be the car every kid wants. But in order to calculate the carbon footprint of a car, you need to know a couple of things. How many miles per year is the car being driven? And then the most important one is what's the fuel efficiency? Mm. How many gallons of gasoline are you burning per mile? Well, what's the fuel efficiency of a fictional car? And so the first rabbit hole was trying to look for any real life (laughs) example. So I start off with like a Hummer, you know, it was like, it's big, but it's not fast. And the Batmobile is fast. So I needed something that was like a mix between like a Hummer or some sort of armored vehicle and a sports car. And I started looking at all of these different carbon footprints from high-end sports cars, from military vehicles, all the way down to the presidential limousine. And I was able to pull out those numbers just by diving way too deep into that. I mean, as soon as, soon as you're talking, like, Batman has a lot of stuff. Like, he's also got a airplane. He is a consumer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shame on you, Bruce. <laughs> Never would have thought about that. Well, actually, we should ask right now, who has the worst footprint? This, this question's coming up all the time. So the, the question does come up all the time. Um, uh, the person with the worst carbon footprint depends Super a lot hero on superhero. Superhero. Yes, the, the superhero with the worst carbon footprint depends a lot on your assumptions. Uh, of course, <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Naturally, Miles, depends on your, your assumptions. my assumptions. Yeah. It depends a lot on my assumptions. The assumptions. By and large, the two that are competing for the worst carbon footprint are Oracle from DC. She's basically a one-woman version of. Amazon Web Services, Google, Wikipedia, you know, Internet mogul, but in one person. So her carbon footprint is tied to the energy use, which is ridiculous because they for draw all of the energy and... for data centers and all of that. Yeah. And then the other one, and this depends entirely on how fast we assume the Flash is running, is the Flash. <laughs> because the faster you run, the more calories you need, and that grows exponentially, which eventually means you're eating more calories per second than all of humanity combined. So Oracle, I didn't know Oracle before you told me about her just now. Oracle does a whole bunch of computing. Flash does a whole bunch of running. Like those two are competing for the worst and it's not like Batman or Tony Stark and Iron Man who like have all these gadgets. And I I tend to think of, as you said, Leslie, as um, heavy consumers in general. It's... It's, well, it's just a surprising finding. Well, it's surprising because there are other assumptions that you can make uh, that I have made in going through all of the characters. Another one is Spider-Man because Spider-Man creates his webbing and his webbing, the broad thinking on the Internet, because it is by far the most studied super power ability thing out there. It's incredible. There's a lot of writing on it. People tend to think it's something called woven carbon fiber nanotubes. And the crazy thing is that really exists. And so we can actually do some calculations for that. And the energy consumption to create woven carbon fiber nanotubes varies hugely. And so in one case, he can end up with about like 80,000 pounds of carbon dioxide. And on the other end of the spectrum, he can end up with about 60 million. 
And so it just, again, the assumptions play a huge role in, in what the fur- footprint ends up being, which determines who's the worst. You, my friend, have gone down way too many <laughs> yes. rabbit holes. Yes. I know for a fact you have some Google Docs somewhere <laughs> that have way too many links. Yeah, it's about 20 <laughs> to 30 pages per character, yeah. I think I is mean, what I did. It was a huge effort to come up with all of this, right, to do all the research. Was there something that you um, thought would be really easy to figure out but turned out was really, really difficult and time-consuming? I think the hardest one for me to figure out was the the technology. Uh, and the reason for that is because the technology really doesn't exist. There isn't a good analog for this stuff. Like Iron Man's suit. What the hell is that made out of, right? Like, <laughs> what's he using to fly around? None of that exists in the real world. So when you say, what the hell is that made out of? I who are you talking to? Like, you're talking to <laughs> yourself who's, like, decided to answer this question that doesn't matter necessarily but felt feels important that's what i love about this miles it's like some some part of you became like really locked in and committed to that so anyway sorry you were going on for iron man does not have to what is that technology well, i agree with you sir so i talked to <laughs> i talked to a friend of mine who actually wrote a a series of articles for marvel comics about the technology of iron man's suit and he was like well it's probably this and so we started li- listing real life materials and i was like Oh man, this is perfect. And his name is Ryan Haupt. And Ryan was like, I think it's probably some sort of like titanium nitinol, you know, shell. And there's got to be some Kevlar in there for bulletproofing. And then he's got these rocket boots. So there's probably some sort of like protective heat shielding. And I was like, oh, Iron Man sets the standard. All characters should be easy following that. Nope. Yo, that was not <laughs> the case at all. Spider suit is so, much different. Yeah. The yeah. bat suit, all of it. In. Looking into these super advanced technologies, you probably visited some websites. <laughs> Quite a few. Your browsing history. Yeah, exactly. I'm worried. Like, do you think you're on a watch list now? Somewhere? Oh, I'm. Like, I'm, tell me just a little. Just give me a hint of some of let, the search terms. Yeah, Google search terms. Okay, well, the search terms ranged from how to develop nuclear fusion <laughs> for to, Iron Man. For Iron Man to what is the calorie count for peanut butter? <laughs> like it's, <laughs> that is sort of the spread of, of my search terms. They tell a story. I yes. can believe it. Okay, you, earlier I asked about who has the worst footprint. Who has the best? So the best footprint, it depends, of course, again, on more assumptions. It's a, a toss-up between Superman or Swamp Thing. Huh. And Superman? Superman. And Superman has effectively zero carbon footprint he's an alien from krypton he gets his power from absorbing energy from the yellow star our sun he's basically just a solar cell and so his his energy footprint is effectively zero that said swamp thing is basically sentient plant matter his consciousness was blasted away from his human form and got absorbed into plant matter that he can just sort of mush together into a human-like form so it depends entirely what plant matter he's pulling together. If you're in a swamp, you release methane, and that will give you a positive carbon footprint. But if he's hanging out in the tropical rainforest, he actually has a negative carbon footprint because he's absorbing carbon. Oh my. That was another one actually figuring out uh, like methane emission rates and carbon. It's called sequestration when it's the carbon's sure. being absorbed and then stored in plant matter. Finding those rates was also a really difficult thing a surprisingly difficult thing to track down 
there are a lot of different papers that have tried to do this and unsurprisingly because it's not like an instantaneous process it's hard to quantify really accurately and so that was when I was surprised at how difficult that was so what is genius about this entire thing and I think that that last example really speaks to it is that like obviously you had to create and develop your own methodology and criteria as you went through um, and and then carry that forward which I mean just having done a little bit of science in my life is an example of how science works. You know, you want to answer a question, you realize nobody's done it before. And obviously in this case, nobody's done it before. <laughs> um, and and the only way to, to proceed is to draw on what other people have done, borrow some of those ideas, make assumptions, and put it all out there, which it now is all out there. It is all out there, It'll yes. It'll all be out there, yes. It'll all be out there yeah. um, for, for others to review. So I hope uh, this leads to a brand new and important area of science. I hope so, right? Okay, so you did nine characters. We're, we have covered some of them. Um, but if you were to do this again or to do a second round, if you wanted to take on more characters, do you have ideas for who might be interesting, who you might want to look into? What does future research look like? In yeah, exactly. Words? We're well, in the discussion section. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in my opinion, the, the one that was so hard for me not to dive into wasn't more superheroes. It was supervillains. That was one that I was really curious oh, to look that at. That would be awesome. Dude, yeah, because really the supervillains, usually the superheroes have kind of absurd powers, but in order to like overpower or, you know, to in order to come up with a credible threat to a superhero, you need a supervillain who has even more ridiculous powers. And there's so many out there that I think would be really interesting. The one that I've, I've been having in the back of my head forever was Mr. Freeze from the Batman universe, because freezing something refrigeration has a horrible carbon footprint attached attached to it and i was oh like a freeze gun and a suit that has to constantly keep them at sub-zero temperatures like what is that and i just i haven't had the time to do that all right do you regret anything (laughs) (laughs) the two years the google searches (laughs) how do you feel tell me a little bit about your emotional state having done this i i love it I am really proud of the work because, and I know that sounds. <laughs> As you should be. I know it sounds absurd, but you know the the. Doesn't sound absurd. The theory of or the theory, the concept of looking at real science and applying it to a fictional universe sounds at face value like it's a ridiculous exercise. Yeah, waste and the time. It really does, and then you dig into it as I have with these nine characters, or in the geology of Game of Thrones, and one. I learn a lot more about the real science that goes into this. I've, I could never before have said, you know, a carbon footprint of 44,000 pounds. Is that good or bad? Yeah. Never would have had an answer to that had I not dug into this. Or, you know, what's a good example for a carbon footprint of a diet or for your heating and cooling of your house? And that's incredibly valuable. And so I'm really proud that I've managed to highlight some of that stuff with this lens. I'm going to say one other thing that strikes me about this project that, that I learned in uh, talking to you about it and, and looking, at, looking at your work. There's something about trade-offs, right? What do superheroes do for us? Why are they so popular? Why is there a movie every other week? And I think it's because, you know, there's a sort of desperation in the world out there, right? We wish we could accomplish superhuman feats. Um, and <laughs> to do so has has a kind of trade-off, right? And and I think uh I think that there's there's something about this project that pairs 
a collective desperation in the world about the state of the environment and about the state of a whole bunch of things with science as a sort of answer to it. So I, I actually think that there's like crazy unspoken value underneath this. And uh, all I can say is bravo, sir. Bravo. Well, thank you. High praise. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree with Mike. This is a true contribution to the scientific literature. So thank you. Most. <laughs> the other thing I don't I can't actually remember if you mentioned this. You've done cartoons for all of these characters as well. Right. Like w- if you look at the piece, um, Miles runs you through the calculation with very good commentary and he's hand drawn, hand illustrated um, a bunch of these characters. There's uh, a lot of fan art in this project. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's very, very good. So the entirety of of carbon footprints of superheroes are all, all the articles, maths, graphs, all the excellent color cartoons. They're on Miles's website, so you can find it now. His website is Miles Trayer. That's T-R-A-E-R, milestrayer.com. We'll also link to it on the Gen Anthro page, which is www.genanthro.com. And there's one more extra, which is that we've created a quiz based on some of Miles's calculations and work. Um, and we'll link to that on the webpage as well. So thank you guys for coming in today. Thanks, Leslie and Miles. Congratulations. (laughs) Congrats, Miles.